Thanks for joining us today. You're listening to the podcast. If you don't know, now you know. I'm your host, Mr. Hacker. Please enjoy the show. Yo, good morning uh, to all my beautiful people out there listening to If You Don't Know, Now You Know. My name's Mr. Hacker. Uh, welcome to the show here. This beautiful guest I have here today, Krista, Tia. How are you? Good morning. How has your day been? Ah, oh, amazing. Thank you so much for having me, brother. It's been a really crazy morning, actually, and I'm pumped to be here um, with you having a great conversation. Thank you very much. Uh, first things first, what we'd like to kick things off today, uh, what are you grateful for? Froles, three things today that you're grateful for. Oh, I am super grateful for the amazing business and the lives that I get to change, um, you know, on, on the daily. I'm super grateful for my amazing family, you know, my partner, my mom, dad, my brother, um, my beautiful baby girl. Um, and I am grateful to honestly just live this life in all that it is. Mm, bang, there we go. Hitting it off on a Tuesday. Thank you very much. Let's get the <laughs> party started. Uh, so, so the people out there can get a bit of better understanding of who you are, what you do, please just give us a quick summary of what you do for work um, and where you live and family, etc. Yeah, so I live in beautiful Byron Bay in New South Wales um, and I moved here only about oh, less than six months ago just before all of the uproar in the world with COVID began um, and I absolutely love it. It's like a dream come true, something that I have wanted to do for such a long period of time and I think that you know during these times of crisis, you know, we're forced to do things that we probably would have just put off for a couple of years. So I'm grateful to live here with my beautiful daughter and um, my partner and his son. And um, I am a business coach. Um, I keep it straightforward and simple while I do so many other modalities. You know, I, I have, um, I'm NLP trained, I'm a nutritionist. Um, I've done somatic release work and breathwork practitioner training. Um, I have all of those in my little toolkit, but at the essence of it, I work with business owners, leaders, entrepreneurs, coaches, network marketers all around the world in creating scale within their business and truly being able to transmute that message um, that they were put on this earth to create. Um, so yeah, I love what I do. I'm super passionate. <laughs> and it shows in the smile that you have and the passion that you speak about it as well. So for the people out there that are just trying to wrap that up, she's a wizard in all trades. Um, so thank you very much uh, for wrapping up. Uh, first of all, I want to give you a plug. Uh, where can we find you, your platforms? Because I know you have Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, I don't know if you LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, please run us through those as well. And for the uh, people out there, I'll put that in the description. I'll even throw it on the page as well, somewhere over there or there, so they can find you. Uh, what's What's your main platform? Where do you mainly live? I usually hang out. Uh, I mean, you can head to um and have a look at my website. But m most predominantly, I am on um, Facebook and Instagram majority of the time. But I've done all of my social media training with Mr. Gary Vanderchuk. Um, so I'm on YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, um, the whole lot. I'm everywhere. Um, but Facebook and Instagram predominantly. So, you know, send me a message. Yeah, connect with me. And, and I'll always, always get back to you with a reply. And heaps of love. Yeah, thank you. And I, and I like your Facebook video too. You've got the video at the top. It's nice and fancy. It's really good. I can tell there's been a lot of training into it because it's something I've dived into recently and I'm like, hmm, this is very good content and everything is looks very nice. Uh, so yeah. I want to just jump straight into it. Uh, obviously, you start a business at a young age. Uh, as far as my understanding, there's 16, you first opened up your business and you started in the hair business. Yeah. So I, it was actually 18 that I owned my first hair salon. I left school and I think this is like it's super cool for a lot of people that are listening because I believe that a lot of us are sort of identified with our education or we've, we've grown up with this construct that we need to you know go to university to be successful and I also had this at, at one stage of my life I sort of went through a phase where I was falling into this, this comparison game of like well I didn't go and get you know the degree or the bachelor or like and why are people going to listen to me over someone that has that you know, piece of paper. Um, and it was something that I moved through you know, a long time ago now, but I actually left school when I was in grade 11. Um, and as a lot of people do, and this is your permission that, you know, you can go and create huge success and, and know if, you, if it's not what you're passionate about, you don't have to finish high school to be that success. Um, so I left school in grade 11. I started doing a school-based apprenticeship as a hairdresser in grade 10. Um, so I, I really fast-tracked my apprenticeship. I left in grade 11 and, and then... After I finished my apprenticeship, I was, I just, I grew up in such an entrepreneurial family. Like my dad had, you know, nine figure businesses and 120 staff. And from such a young age, my brother and I had the privilege to just witness great work ethic. 
But then, you know, we had a full-time mom that was super present um, and took us to extracurricular activities and did school drop-off and pick-up. And I honestly am super grateful for the foundations that I had in my life because all I witnessed was hard work and just deep desire and belief. If you want something, you go after it. Um, so I just had this innately from such a young age. So, you know, when I finished my apprenticeship, it was just like my automatic go-to, you know, to go and open my own business. And there was not really a doubt in my mind that it wouldn't be successful. And even my mom and dad said to me, they're like, well, how are you going to get clients? And I was like, I don't know. I just will get clients because I'm really good at what I do. And I go above and beyond for my clientele. So I just know that they're going to be there and they're going to be repeat customers. And I think this is a direct reflection of like how our beliefs, you know, appear in our life. And back then when I was so moldable and I hadn't actually experienced much of life, I hadn't really experienced failure, there was just this knowing that I would be successful because, and that's, that's the evidence that I found everywhere, you know. Um, so I opened that up and it was really successful. I absolutely loved it. When I had my beautiful baby girl, um, because I was married at the young age of 21, I, I met my ex-husband when I was 17 years old. Got married when I was 21 and had my beautiful daughter Ayana um, when just before I turned 23. So at the age of 22, she's turning nine tomorrow. Like I don't even feel old enough to have a, a, a nine-year-old child. Um, but yeah, so when I when I had her, it was sort of I had such a large clientele that were very dependent on me, and and it was really tricky for me to step off the floor and you know bring those clients over to someone else. So I decided to sell the salon. Um, and during that period, um, my ex-husband was involved in a, a family business and he really wanted to step away from that. So I used the profits from my salon to set him up in like a little health cafe. So I just really went into supporting him in that health cafe, you know, as when Ayana was a baby. Um, and then we ended up going on and, and uh, opening another one. Um, and then I went through, you know, some might call it like dark night of the soul. I went through a really tumultuous period in my life and you know, I, I think that it gives context around who I am and what I've come from. But, you know, I had a background of, and, and please, you know, I, I, I every every mention that um, I have around my ex-husband, you know, I, I truly love him and I'm grateful for our journey and he's such a wonderful person. Um, and everyone makes mistakes, but, you know, he was involved in a world that I just, I really wasn't familiar with to some extent. And I take responsibility for the fact that, I chose to turn a blind eye and I chose to accept things and I chose to stay, but he ended up serving time in prison. Um, so we had two businesses at that time. My daughter was extremely young um, and, you know, we, we pretty much, we, we spent $300,000 in, in court in, in court fees um, and he ended up going away and serving time. So our relationship did come to an end um, and I ended up opening another health cafe. So I was running three health cafes while he was away and raising a child and it was just, it was hectic. You know, I, I experienced anxiety and depression, um, severe eating disorders, panic attacks, um, you name it, I went there. Um, and it was when I was at the stage where our relationship was really coming to an end, I'd literally spent a full two years in, in a state of fight or flight. Like I, I was just running on adrenaline. You know, it was, if I don't run these businesses, if I don't work the 14 hour days, if I don't show up to my daughter in the, in the best way that I possibly can, although I don't have any energy to do so, everything is just going to come tumbling down around me. Um, so I got to a place where I had sold the three businesses um, because I was exhausted. I was just tapped out and I hit rock bottom. Like I really hit the ultimate rock bottom. And I actually made a post on it this morning because it was something that my mum told me when I was at that lowest point, like literally in fetal position on the floor. And I was in so much emotional and physical pain. Um, and I said, I just don't know how I can keep going. Like how can I keep just facing everything that I'm being thrown right now and she said Krista get up get up and I was like what do you mean like in my head I was like hang on I want to be in victim mentality for a moment please just leave me in my sorrow <laughs> but she said Krista get up God only gives his hardest battles to his strongest soldiers and you were born with greatness the day that you were born I knew that you were going to be something great so get up and keep moving forward and in that moment I was like right I'm, I'm the creator of all of this. If I've created my life thus far, if I have created this, because whether we are settling for something or whether we are changing something, we are still choosing it. And I was settling and I was settling for familiarity. I was settling for comfort. And that meant I still chose it, right? Because I wasn't doing anything about it. 
And it was at that moment where I sort of went, you know what, I can recreate all of this, but I've got to be brave. And yes, I'm starting from scratch. Yes, I don't know what's ahead. But in an ideal world, what do I really want to become in this lifetime? I know that I can build businesses standing on my head. Like, that's easy. I've done it four times over. I know that I can be successful. Right now, I've got zero dollars to my name because I walked away from my marriage with nothing. And I sort of self-reflected on on what was the biggest piece in business that I was passionate about because I knew if I was going to go out there and put my time and energy into creating another business, I wanted it to be for the long haul. I didn't just want to go and open up another cafe or go back to hairdressing just for the heck of it um, and just for money. I wanted to step into something that I was passionate about. And what I realized was at the essence of everything that I did in those previous four businesses, it came back to just helping people, whether it was helping someone feel better about themselves by changing them aesthetically, whether it was providing them with nutritional food so that they were being nourished on the daily. It was really coming back to the intention of just being of contribution and changing someone's day in some way, shape or form. So I thought, right, maybe maybe it's like a coaching role. Like I, I don't really know at this stage. So I went and I just started to like just throw myself into study, you know, just fill my brain with so much knowledge um, because I understood while I was focusing on all of those things that I could constantly learn all the time, I was in fact shifting my perspective and seeing what is ahead as opposed to what's behind. Um, so I, I did, I, I studied, I've got a degree in nutrition um, and I did my NLP masters and I stepped into the coaching space um, doing really health and mindset, more health and mindset work. Um, and the reason for that, I always knew that I was going to be a business coach, um, but from a level of integrity, you know, integrity and honesty and transparency and authenticity is one of, like, they're my highest values. Um, and I think that it's truly rare. Like, a lot of people speak about it, but to embody it is a totally different kettle of fish. Yeah. And I felt that stepping into being a business coach when I hadn't created success in the online space was a little bit out of integrity. So I wanted to create success as a coach, um, you know, in the nutrition and the mindset. And then I knew I was going to pivot into business coaching. After doing that and creating a hugely successful business, I started making the move. Um, and now I, I am a business coach and I just have clients all around the world and I get to watch people grow and evolve every day. And my life is totally different. You know, I kind of, on the daily, I'll pinch myself and be like, wow, like, was that even me back then? Like, I've created this. I've created my life. I've got a beautiful partner and my daughter's amazing and I've got a beautiful stepson and my family are always around me and friends and this beautiful home that I live in, the client's lives that I get to change. It's, yeah, it's kind of like this, oh, my gosh, wow, it's so worth it. You got to create the journey that you wanted. I want to I want to break it down from the start as well because um, growing up in that environment, that scenario where you had all like the right community around, you had the right um, influences around you, and then you had to hit that down that low section of your life where things may not have went right. Uh, and I know there's a lot of people out there at the moment, uh, especially single mothers as well, that may be facing a similar scenario now where you know their relationship isn't great, the business is like on a downfall. What were some um, things on that went through your mind at that time, like around your limiting beliefs around like, can you do this? Like, how did you navigate through that? What came up in that time for you? Cause I know it's a very tough spot to get out of. And I know a lot of people will sit in that rut for a long time. Like what were some things that got you out of that space? I think too, just to give context in that as well. Like I realized in reflection that I had such a, like, and don't get me wrong, my brother and I weren't spoiled. Like, we weren't, like, spoon-fed children. Yes, we had a very privileged upbringing, but, you know, work ethic and, um, you know, the the really good morals um, were built into us from such a young age. And I feel like there was almost a level of naivety that I had in my life. And I knew that in order for me to... Um, truly experience growth because I believe that pain is our greatest teacher. To truly experience growth, I was going to have to, and I didn't know this back then, but I reflect now that I, I can see it, how, how it happened so clearly. I was going to have to experience something that my mum and dad couldn't provide a soft, fluffy cushion for me to fall on. Mm. And what I went through was so out of anyone's control and it was something that I could only go through. Like I had to go through it to grow through it. I wouldn't be able to sit here today with the level of certainty that I have and that I embody every day if I didn't have to dig to those depths. 
Um, and I think that, you know, yes, there were like a hundred percent, you know, I had everything, someone that had an amazing money mindset and I was so abundant, you know, like I just knew money was always going to be there and I created success in four businesses. And then I spent $300,000 to try to keep my, my ex-husband out of jail and I walked away from the marriage with nothing. So there were absolutely limitations that I developed and they were, who's ever going to want to be with me? Cause I'm a single mom and I've got baggage. Um, how am I ever going to like the, the money stories that come up? I was like, oh, maybe I only ever created success because I had someone in my corner. Like maybe I can't do it on my own. Maybe I'm not capable. Um, and you know, what does it look like? I mean, stepping out like as an independent woman and having to, and, and yes, like I can see that I created all of the success in the past, but me actually being all on my own providing for a child, like that was scary as hell. Um, so there were definitely limitations, but what I remembered, and I think this is part of when you find what you're passionate about, what I remembered was everything that I traveled brought me to this very moment and everything that I was doing now would bring me to the next. And I realized throughout that process that my thoughts were going to dictate what I created in that moment. So that as long as I was being dictated by my limitations, by this story, because that's all it is, right? Like it's the story that we tell ourselves on a regular basis. It's the story that develops our identity and our identity is what chooses the action that we take. And I realized it wasn't necessarily this big aha moment where I went, oh, I've got no limitations now and I just believe in myself and I'm uber confident. It was how I implemented and embodied that in every single moment. So the moments that my self-doubt did pop up or the moments that I went, oh, I don't feel like I'm worthy of that or I'm nervous to do that, really presencing that and going, what do you choose? What do you choose? Because this world needs you. You haven't traveled this journey to sit in victim mentality and limitation for the rest of your life. You have traveled this journey and gone through that darkness to create change and impact in this world. What do you choose? Because this is no longer just about you. This is about the lives that you can change. Yeah, definitely. You always have an option. And a lot of people hit these lows. They have adversity and they feel and, and everything's against them. It's like, bang, okay. Right now, you either have the option to get up, like you said, and make something happen, or you can stay there and, and just sit with it as well, because at, at the end of the day, it's not going away, and that's what happens with adversity. It doesn't just like get up one day and just like, okay, I'm just going to go and just go be somewhere else. No, it's going to sit with you, and it's going to stay with you until you face off with it, until you feel it as well. I want to talk about uh, the importance of adversity and, and why you why I know that in your life right now, you would dive into a lot of your fears and square off with them as where you've yeah. gone through this and you've had to hit the lows and the highs and you've got to not become comfortable with adversity, but you know it's there and you know the best um, the best growth that you're going to have in your life is out of adversity and facing off with it. And that transition where you you know adversity's there and that telling yourself, okay, cool, I, I need to do that. And how, how you get to that level because a lot of people see it come up and they just, you know, flight straight away, run, 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 run. But now it's like you get to be in a, a conscious mind state where you're like, okay, yeah, okay, I'll square off with this. It's going to be frightening. It's going to scare me. I have to do this because this is where the growth comes from. This is where the level of uh, upskilling myself. That's I want to speak about that and how, and how you get to that level and what, what you do if there's any tools around that. Yeah, so I think that, you know, just to frame that too, I think that there are a lot of people that have the perception that there's this magical moment that we arrive at and we've done it. We've done it all and there's no more growth and there's no more pain and we're constantly like driving to arrive at this de destination of happiness and joy, thinking that's the permanent. I think the beautiful awareness happens when we understand that with darkness comes light and the brighter your light, the darker your darkness and with the ups come the downs because everything in the entirety of this universe is in balance, right? And it's about the ebbs and flows. And the moment that we accept that it's never going to be complete neutrality. It's not just going to be cruising along and nothing's ever going to happen. And when we stop judging and making the pain bad, right? Like from such a young age, we're told, you know, um, especially boys, I find, you know, oh, well, don't do that. Like toughen up, you, you know, boys don't cry, toughen up and be a man or, you know, um, I, I, I remember, you know, not so much in my family because I feel like I was brought up in quite a conscious environment, but, oh, stop crying. If you're going to cry, go to your room. Like, 
what do you mean? Like this is this beautiful expression of emotion or, you know, don't act like that because that's what a bad girl does. Or don't do that because that thing is wrong. And we've constantly created that there's this wrong and right. And I believe when it comes to emotion, there is no wrong and right. I'll have a conversation with my daughter on a really regular basis. You know, sometimes she'll lay in bed because I've, te- I- I've taught her how to really regulate and not judge emotions. And sometimes she'll lay in bed and she goes, Mom, I just started crying for no reason. I'm like, perfect. Allow it to move through you. That's beautiful. And she goes, but why? I don't, I said, you don't need a reason why. Whether it's happy tears, whether it's sad tears, whether it's just something that needs to come out of you, just accept it. And I think that if we give our children the ability to do this from such a young age, they're not going to grow up thinking that they have to be a certain way to be accepted. Mm. Um, But I know for me, you know, I even went through a couple of weeks ago, I went through one of the lows, you know, because I knew that it was bringing me through to this next stage of evolution. And I speak so transparently with my clients about everything that I'm moving through, not from a place of like a wound, but from a place of scar, you know, like while I'm amidst it, I'm really conscious to just be with myself and surrender to what's coming through and not be on social media saying, Hey guys, I'm having a really shit day. Let me tell you about it. But okay, what's in this moment for me to learn? And then I'll share with, with you once I've actually gained the learning. Um, But you know, in that moment, it's easy to say that we're willing to face off with anything, but when we're in the moment of pain, like when we're in the moment of fear or abandonment or or anger or sadness or whatever the emotion is, it's a whole different kettle of fish surrendering and moving into that, right? Because we're biologically designed to survive and not succeed. You know, so in our survival brain, we're constantly going, that's scary, run in the opposite direction. Don't do I don't want to feel that. And that's why addiction, you know, addiction to emotions as well, I feel. You know, so many people are addicted to the dopamine hit. And that's why there's addiction in the way of social media or whether it's drugs or alcohol or porn or whatever the addiction is, it's just a form of escapism. And if we just put those vices down and we actually just face off with the emotion, the energy in motion, because that's all emotion is, it's just energy in motion. And the sooner that we allow that energy to move through us, the sooner that we can move past it. So when we can fully surrender to that and be present in it and we can feel it and we can feel the fear or feel the sadness or feel the pain, then we are going to arrive at the breakthrough of what needs to actually happen. And I think that it's easier said than done, but it's a far faster process than just avoiding it and pushing it back down because the more we're pushing it down, the more it's going to keep looping and reappearing throughout our life. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like that's such a common thing with males as well. Like a lot of a lot of males I've found don't even know how to cry properly. They're like, oh, I don't know how to do this. I'm like, yeah. however it looks is however it looks. If you're moving through these emotions, whatever they are, don't stop them. Don't try to make it look a certain way. However it looks is however it looks. It's not, I'm not going to do that the same way you do it. And that's okay. That's all okay. We don't have to have this like box vision of, okay, you're letting out emotions. You're dealing with things. Okay. It should look this way. Here's, here's the, here's the recipe on how to go through that. Here it is. If it doesn't look like that, no, you should probably cut it off and you shouldn't do it. And that's, I really like the, the way you put that out there in your content and the way that you deliver everything is you're very transparent across the across the board and even having that conversation how you're saying look i moved through some stuff last week and, and i'm I, I love that about people it's probably one of my highest values in people as a straight brutal honesty i'm like yeah i, I always express to people i'm like look i ain't perfect I, I have i had a shit day the other day i'm like they're gonna be there no matter what doesn't matter whether yeah. i want them or not i can try hide them i can say say them always happy i'm always everything's perfect but in fact, I would be lying. No. I, I would be just talking shit, and it's um, and that's I, I love that honesty in people. Hey, and it's it's a real trait that I uh, look for, and it's it's not that common. Um, I know it's becoming a little bit more common now in my circles, anyway. Where the, creating that that transparency, like righto, things are a little bit fucked up today. That's okay. Yeah, like things can be fucked up, but it doesn't mean also people. I'm like tell people, I'm like, man, I'm a bit of a fucked up day. Things aren't all good, and but a lot of people try to jump on me and be, oh, are you okay? I'm like. Yo, yo, I'm okay. I'm just like, things are a bit fucked up. Like, you don't have to like try to suppress me and say, like, nurture me down. I'm like, just like, yeah. I'm, I'm aware Let of it. it. I'm all yeah. good. Just like, I'm, I'm just telling you that that's what's going on. Uh, and yeah. I really like how people are starting to shift their, um, their awareness around that now and creating that space and, and people around you as well. Where I've started doing that. I was like, look, things are fucked up today. And they're like, righto. Yeah. All good. You know, that's, that's okay. If you need me, I'm here. If not, you know, you do your thing. And I love that. And I like totally. how you just express that as well. Um, 
Thank you, brother. Yeah, I, I want to know what what's new for you. What's coming up um, in the near future? Because I know that you've probably got a lot of things planned, um, and you've got a. I know I've been watching your content. Actually, I want to give you kudos on your quotes as well, because a lot of yeah. that stuff is singing to me, and I, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I love just the brutal honesty and things. Hey, and you can see just the like it's just it's blunt, it's sharp. There's no icing on the cake. It's just the cake and that's it. I like that. That's my kind of delivery with things. And I, I yeah. like the way you put in everything out there. I'm like, darn, I'm like, it's singing to me. So uh, kudos for doing that as well. And I want to know, because you. you've been busy. I've seen you've been doing some things. I'm like, look, I'm, like <laughs> I'm like, what is she What is she doing? What's coming out? I'm like, I feel like there's something new there. Am I right? Are you doing something new? <laughs> I'm always doing something new. Um, and I think I just want to just just um, present something as well. You know, the biggest thing, making reference to just that brutal honesty, but I think honesty with who we are. Um, and, you know, for a long period of time, I thought that I had to, and, and especially when you're really present on social media, like I'm always in front of a camera and I've got a full-time filmmaker that works with me. So I'm always speaking, whether it's to a client, a live video, a webinar, an event. Like whatever it is, I'm always speaking. I'm always in front of the camera. And I think that when you live that life of such transparency, it's sometimes we can fall into this place of like forgetting who we actually are because a lot of people tend to wear a mask. And I did this for a long period of time because I judged myself for I'm really black and white. And although I have this beautiful balance of feminine and masculine energy, my masculinity comes out in the way of like just saying things the way that they are. Like I don't really have much fluff about me like I, I kind of if I have something to say I'll just say it or if I call someone out I just call them mm. or if um you know I fuck up I own it you know like I've just got this brutal honesty about me and I think the moment that I really just owned that and I just went oh my gosh I can't change that even if I try <laughs> when I owned that I just went to this you know next level of evolution and I think that this is like personal brand 101 you know I teach people about all facets of business, but, you know, having a personal brand is super powerful um, and I encourage everyone to do so because then we can leverage that and it creates, you know, um, a level of sustainability in whatever we're doing, whatever the business venture is. Um, but a personal brand means that you get to actually be all of you. You don't have to mimic someone else. You just get to be who you are and create a brand from that perspective, you know. So everything that I've created, and I think Gary was, you know, Gary B was a huge, um, he was a huge permission slip for me because, I, when I worked with him, I worked with him last year for three days and then I did another three days in New York with him at the beginning of this year. And I said to him, you know, like, I don't know, sometimes I, I, I love offering value and I love just giving heaps away for free and I love just helping people. And I don't know, it's just, I can't, I can't even change it even if I try. And I said, I've been advised that I shouldn't do that. And he goes, no, Krista, you've got it exactly right. And he said, your intention is what's going to set you apart. Give it all away. Give the whole lot away because people are going to see and feel that energetically in in what you be and and how you present your personal brand. Um, so I think from a content perspective, I just started doing it. You know what I mean? Like I just started being me and going. You know what? If you don't resonate with me, unfollow me. If you love my shit, great. Keep listening. Um, instead of trying to be something that I'm not, because that's exhausting. That is so exhausting. And in moments, I feel like. I want to be really loud and energetic. In other moments, I feel like I want to be really heart-centered and soft. And you know what? All of it's accepted. And the moment that other people just accept themselves, then they're going to figure out what's going to set them apart from everyone else and how they're going to actually position themselves as something different as opposed to, you know, one in a million. Uh, I mean, a many in a million, you know? Yeah. Um, you're going to become that one in a million. So um, up and coming, oh my gosh, I, I, I run a pretty, you know, my, my business model doesn't really change. I have Velocity Business Immersion that runs four times a year and it's like three days immersive with me. Um, we did a pivot at the beginning of COVID into digital broadcast. So we, we do everything digitally and um, yeah, we have an amazing setup and, and live stream and like we've just recreated the whole thing. It's super freaking epic. And, you know, at first I actually created a, a lot of like my partner included um, and a lot of people that I know created success in, in retreats and in more of an events model, whereas I created success digitally before I started doing events. Mm. Um, so it was a pretty easy pivot for me and it was a little bit scary at first. So I went, how do I, how do I bring the energy of an event into something that's through a screen? Like, how do I do that? And we came up with some pretty amazing ideas. Um, and I would say it's as good, if not better than a live event. Um, so we have Velocity Business Immersion run three times a year. Um, I have high high ticket items as well, you know, 
Um, Amplifier is my year-long mentorship. It includes, you know, four business immersions as well. So I've always got an event all year round. Um, you know, I have one-on-one clients, but we're just in the process. I haven't actually even announced it, but we're in the process of launching a, um, a sales training, really low price point, digital program, um, because sales is one of my most favorite things in the whole entire world. <laughs> yeah. I love sales. Um, and it's part of the reason like part of the reason why I love teaching it is because I hated it for so long um, and it was something that just I avoided and I'm, I'm assuming so many people that are listening probably can relate, maybe even you, brother. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. It was, a, it was a weak point and I was like, I better make it a strong point. I'm like, i got to do it. You know what? Oh, my God. A weak point of mine was podcasting, having like a depth, in-depth conversation. That's how I ended up here. I was like, I'm just going to – Oh, I love that. I, I played the opposite game. And I played it hard. And I was like, now I'm podcasting. <laughs> Do it. Do the thing that scares you the most. Do yeah. you want to know a secret? Actually, I'll get back to sales. A very big secret of mine. It's not so much a big secret. Oh, well, this is just between us. We won't share it with anyone. I'll just Don't share it. it, all right? Yeah, just bleep this it out. <laughs> <laughs> I had a debilitating fear of public speaking. Debilitating. Like, you know, oral presentation in front of my class, I would throw sick days and then I would go and hide in the bathroom. If mum made me go to school because she already picked up what I was putting down, I would go to the toilet and I would start crying and I would be on the verge of vomiting. And it was huge. Like, I've been a singer since I was, I I, I was doing, you know, uh, vocal training at the age of three. And I've always been a singer. And I found that singing on a stage was very different to speaking because it was more that I could just be in my emotion and I could just allow my talent to shine through. Whereas speaking, I felt like it required logic and being like a creative in the way that I am, I was like, well, that's boring because if I'm like trying to put logic behind what I'm saying, I feel like I'm blocking the emotion. And my go-to was just experiencing the emotion in my music, right? So um, I was so, so, so scared of it. And, you know, when I stepped into the personal development industry, I was like, right, I have this vision. And I, I'm going to speak on a stage in front of thousands of people and it's going to look like this. And I had this big vision. And then I was so scared to speak on a stage in front of 10 people. <laughs> and I realized that what I was saying I wanted to create, I wasn't acting in alignment with it. So what I did was go out there and book my first event. Oh, get it done. That's it. Just diving into it. Hey, and it's, yep. yeah, getting over the, the fear is to do the, do it and do it hard as well. Because if you yep. do it half assed you'll learn half the lesson. If you do it handy, you're going to get the lesson hard. You're going to learn quick and you're going to move and yep. you're going to go and you're just going to pick that tool up straight fast. I always love that. I'm like, people like, okay, you do this thing, you're going to learn. It's going to take X, Y, and Z time. I'm like, no, no, I want to fast track the shit out of it. I'm going to squash it into this little space. I'm going to learn real hard, real fast, and then keep yep. going. That's how, That's my, I love that. I'm like, if anyone's like, oh, yeah, we'll do it over six months, I'm like, nah, let's do it in a month. <laughs> let's learn yeah. quick, learn quick, like, learn let's hard. <laughs> let's do it yeah. now. Let's start right now. That was the thing with sales, though. You know, I saw this huge level of avoidance, and I was taught to sell in all of these ways that felt, so inauthentic, like, uh, you know, authentic, uh, authenticity and integrity are my biggest values. And yet I was doing this sales process that so it felt so icky. And so I just like faced off with it and I would just sell and sell and sell and sell and sell until I got it right. When every part of me just wanted to avoid it and just run in the opposite direction and outsource it, I just kept doing it. And now I've figured out a way that I can sell in such an authentic way and add a huge amount of value and my conversion is around 85%. So that's why I love teaching it. I love teaching sales because I know how many people struggle with it. Yeah, yeah, this is something I'm leaning light right into as well because it's such a fine art and when you try to dive into it a little bit, you can really see – uh, I, I say stinky salesman. I'm like, you're just a stinky salesman. I'm like, ah, oh, it's not very authentic. It's got to come. I always say when it comes from here, it's never too dear. Mm-hmm. It's never too dear. When it comes from here, it's never too dear. That's one of the lessons yeah, I, I learned. I'm like, it's never too dear when it comes from here. And people struggle oh to use this. And that's like when I'm listening to people, I'm hearing them talking, I'm like, oh, I just I, I smell a stinky salesman. I'm like, it doesn't feel right. And if I that if I'm feeling that, your clients are feeling that. Oh, totally. I want to ask, what would be one of your biggest sales tips? Um, I've got so many. Um, intention, 100%, like intention. At the beginning of the call, my intention is to always offer the biggest amount of value that I possibly can. And sometimes that value is by calling people out on their bullshit, oh, yeah. you know, but 
you know, it, it, it's not necessarily because I feel that I know when I'm teaching sales, the only objection that you cannot handle is the one that you haven't dealt with yourself. Mm. So if someone's coming to me with their objections, they're going to be getting those objections themselves. And they're not going to be able to objection handle that if they are sitting with those and looking through that lens. The reason that I can convert at such a high rate is because I don't believe in money objections. I don't believe in time objections. I don't believe in thinking about it because I understand that majority of people, that's where they screw up. They spend their whole life thinking about it. And because I've removed those and stepped over those, even when I had no money, even when I had no time, I still move over those myself. I know that I can handle them. So at the beginning of the phone call, there's one thing to be focused on the sales. When I step into, and I've got a sales team, so I don't do sales much anymore. But when I step into a sales call, my intention is to, yeah, okay, I'll probably make the sale. But irrelevant of that, how can I be the most amount of service and show people the things that are going to be holding them back? And usually, sales makes people, when you're being sold to, it makes people highly uncomfortable. A lot of people. Mm. The way that you buy is the way that you sell. So if I can shine a light on how they are behaving throughout a sales process, they're going to be able to see very clearly where their problems lie. So money is never something that is an objection. It's either that they don't believe in you or the program or the offering or they don't believe in themselves. So right here, I'm shining a light on, well, you actually, you're going to find the money. If you want something bad enough, you're going to find the money. But the thing is, you don't believe in me or you don't believe in yourself. Which one is it? Right? Because at moments in our life, I know for me, the, the level that I have had to get resourceful to find money when I had none, I've always made a way out of no way if I've wanted it bad enough. If you truly believe that something is the solution to your problem, you will find the money to invest in it. You'll find it, hey. And it's a world, the world has a, I always tell it, man, the world has a weird way of delivering things to me. I'm like, you, I'm like, you just go for it, work your ass off. It, yeah. I'm like, and people say to me like, oh, you're pretty lucky. I'm like, nah, man, I'm just prepared. Cause when that opportunity comes rolling past me, I'll grab it. I'll get it totally. and I'll take it. Yeah. And that's, that's what it just comes back to being, you know, being willing to go out there and get it, get it. And people are like, oh, I, I can't get it. I'm like, I bet you that opportunity passes you quite often. You just never really realize it. And everything that they have, majority of the time is quite close to them, quite close to them. Yeah. They're just not reaching out and grabbing it. They're not, they're not using what they have, their environment. They're not leveraging what they have around them, the people that they surround themselves with to actually get what they want. And that's a real tool. Hey, that's, that's good that you Yeah, or they're not noticing it. You know, sometimes people are so focused on what they don't have that they're actually missing what's right in front of them. You know, I even used this. I was speaking about it on my IG story yesterday, and it was such a simple, like, moment and, you know, <laughs> really irrelevant in most people's perspectives. But I have this innate ability, and I feel like it's the reason that I grow so quickly. You know, I only got a message this morning, and a guy said to me, oh, my gosh, I only I, I knew you a year and a half ago, and now you're, like, where you are, and I can't believe how fast you've grown. And it's just my willingness to observe my behavior in every moment because I believe that the the way that we show up in every aspect of, the, like, our life is relevant. Um, and how we do one thing is how we do all things in our life. And yesterday, a great example was like, I was, I dropped my daughter to school and, um, I was so focused. Like I had to go home. I had to go live straight away. And then I had back to back. I was back to back all day long. And I was so in this like work mode that I wasn't paying attention to the beauty that was around me. And I was in the car and my partner and stepson drove past in the car and were waving out the window and expressing love. and my partner messaged me or called me afterwards and he goes, did you even see me? I was driving past and I was like blowing kisses out the window and I was yelling at you. And he said, you were just in your own world. And I went, wow, okay, where else does this show up? Where else does this behavior show up? And this is a prime example of things sitting right in front of you and you're not actually noticing it. Yeah, because we're so focused on this to-do list. We're so focused on lack. We're so focused on what we don't have that we're missing love that is literally driving straight past us. Yeah, that's so true. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's so true. And I I have an analogy on that as well. You're doing that one thing somewhere, you're doing that one thing everywhere. I always say that. I'm like, you're doing that one thing there, you're doing that everywhere. That's so important. Yeah. Like you, you just, like you said, like you, there's opportunities like that come past and you would have missed it. And it's just like, oh, being able to catch yourself there and being able to be like, oh, okay, that's that's really good um, for you to pull that up. I want to know, because 
you know, there's the business world and, you know, being successful and getting all the things that you want. I feel like a lot of people struggle with is how to how, mixing business with relationships. Like what's your yeah. analogy on that? Because I know that's a thing, you know, uh, people come together and they try and make something and then they try to separate as well and they go back to a normal house life um, and it, it gets quite... It gets quite um gets quite hard for them to to marry those both up. Yeah, absolutely. So something that you know, my partner has a very successful business and he's quite a large personal brand. And something that we said from the word go is that we'll never mix our relationship with business. Um, simply because we want to keep that sacred union separate. You know, like we want to we don't want to intertwine it. We don't want to coach each other. Both of us are business coaches in into high performance, and we don't want to coach each other. Um, so that's something that we have vowed that we would never do. Now, that's not to say that we might do a JV on an event or, you know, I don't know what the future holds and, you know, quite frankly, I'm completely detached from it. Um, but, you know, I think it's different for every person. I've always had the ability, I've never been one to really collaborate per se. Like while I give other people in my industry opportunities to speak at my events, um, and my partner's very much the same as well. We've never really been one to collaborate or JV because we've had the courage and the certainty to do it on our own. Um, and so while my way of like collaborating is like, yeah, giving someone an opportunity to speak on my stages or giving someone the opportunity to leverage my clientele or my brand. Yeah. Um, but I just, I'm Krista here and he's his brand and we just want to keep that very separate and not intertwine and intermesh, right? Because I think a big a big thing that we've been speaking about in relationships is like that level of codependency that can be there sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's something where we're very we're very independent and we come together and collaborate and create magic in this relationship, but we're running parallel to one another. We're not intermeshing and, and bringing it all together and becoming reliant. Um, so I think it's very based on you know the person, but for me. Um, I'm happy to keep it separate. Yeah. That's not to say that there might be something later on down the track, but you know, right now in this moment, we're we're definitely his team's his team, my team's my team, my brand's my brand, his brand's his brand, yeah. um, and I think that's beautiful because then you just get to you just get to focus on the love that you share. Yeah, I love that, and because it's it's a, I feel like it's really important for. Uh, you know, to be able to come home and take that coach hat off, you know, take the entrepreneurial hat off and just be present with each other. And that's a, a thing I've noticed, you know, some people that uh, work in the space together and they get together, I see them and then they have all these battles. I'm like, I think sometimes you got to go home and you got to take the coachy hat off and just be, be in love with each other, be, you know, be there, take the business coach hat off. And I, I've, this is where I see people, they're like, they try to stay in the business all day, every day, and they go home and they're trying to, I'm like, yo, bro, just take, can you go back outside again, take that hat off, come back in and just be you for a bit because we can do this tomorrow. Well, I think that that's the difference between having the knowledge and being the knowledge, mm. right? Like I know for both of us, we've been doing personal development, not just teaching it but embodying it for such a long period of time. So it's not something that we feel like we need to shove down people's throats, right, because we just be it. And by being it, we get to be the example as opposed to just, you know, vomiting our opinion and perception all over everyone. And while we hold each other, like the greatest amount of growth that we've both been through is in the six months that we've been together. Um, we hold each other to an extremely high account, right? Like we don't let each other play at less than what we know we're both here to play at. Um, and we don't have any problems with calling ourselves like each other out on our shit, but both of us are willing to do that within ourselves first, mm. right? And it's not a matter of going out there and judging and saying, well, you need to change this and you need to change that and I'm not going to accept that. It's like, well, what role did I play in it first? Let's have a discussion about that. How can we take ownership and responsibility of our own actions and our own emotions so that once again, we're not intermeshing everything. You know, we're not owning each other's emotions and we're not intertwining every part of our life. Um, so I think that, yeah, I, I know that there are so many people that have so much knowledge and I think that it's normal when people first step into the personal development realm, they get bombarded with all of this knowledge that they want to share, but they haven't actually taken the time to embody it and to be it and to lean into it. Um, and this is sometimes why it can be so volatile in these relationships because they're actually learning. And the difference is 
it's not a matter of doing. It's just a matter of being. And just by being the very biggest and best part of you is enough to inspire your partner to do the same. Yeah, definitely. I've got a question about love. What does love mean to you and why? What's your analogy around love? I think that, you know, so many people speak about unconditional love that has so many conditions and it's something that I just, I don't even speak upon because I, I, I believe that very few actually experience it. You know, I know for my baby girl, I have absolute unconditional love, irrelevant of how she behaves, irrelevant of what she does, irrelevant, you know, she could go and call me every profanity under the sun and I would still love her so unconditionally. Like, and, you know, I think all parents can probably relate to that piece. Um, it's really interesting. It's a love that I, I could never describe and I never experienced up until the point that I gave birth to her. Um, love in the relationship context, I believe that, you know, so many people identify love as something that is really soft and gentle. And while it can be that, it's also a fucking force to be reckoned with, right? And I believe that true love, and I make reference to the love that I have for my daughter, I love her so powerfully that I will never let her play beyond what I know she's capable of, right? Like I will never let her sit in mediocrity and I will always call her forth because I love her so much that I'm not going to allow her to settle just the way that I never settled. And I think that so many people identify love as this softness and almost like this people-pleaser mentality of like playing into people's stuff. And I believe it's in fact quite the opposite. You know, if I don't particularly care, and I, I care about everyone, but if I don't particularly care about someone, I'm really not going to invest time. If I love someone, I'm going to call them out. If I'm coming from love, I will be like, you know what? I see you, I love you, and you're built with more. Step up. And I believe that that gets to be the new frame of, of love and what we experience in a relationship. Not like, oh, yes, okay, no problem. I'm so sorry that I did this. This people-pleaser mentality. It's like, no, I get to, like, my love is so expansive and my well is so deep. And the way that I express it is through not only my softness and my gentleness and, and you know, my love language is a physical touch and words of affirmation. So I'm, like, I, I'm, I'm really, like, very kinesthetic person and I express love in that way. But then also saying, you know what, babe, no, no. Step back into that highest version that I know and that I love because I'm not letting you play, for, play at this. I, I want the biggest and the best version of you because that's what I signed up for. And I love you so much that I'm willing, I'm willing to accept you in all of it, your darkness and your light. But I'm going to call you forward every time that you step out of that kingship. Yeah, definitely. And that's a lot of people do that, and they're like, they just want the highlight reel. I'm like, no, there's always a blooper reel as well. You got to have the. You can't just have everyone's uh, highlight reel. <laughs> it just doesn't exist like that. You can't have one no without the other. It's just like people like get in relationships and love, etc. And they're like, they just focus on the highlight reel. I'm like, what about the what about the other things? It just doesn't make any yeah. sense. <clears throat> oh yeah, I really like you. Yeah, it's growth. It's the most amount of growth that we'll ever experience because. We're seeing parts of ourselves that we would never would have seen in any other context, you know, and it's just that as soon as someone's faced off with something that they don't particularly like about the other person, they, instead of, instead of um, taking responsibility and seeing how this is a lesson and a learning in order for them to grow, they immediately project it back onto their partner of like, well, you did this, so I feel this way. And you were an asshole in that situation and I'm not willing to take responsibility because you did it. Instead of going, okay, all right, how's this mirroring me? How's this mirroring my behavior? Why am I feeling this way? What, what is an underlying trauma or emotion that maybe I experienced in the past that I get to release? Yeah, blame, 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 blame. Just projection, yeah. projection, projection. Everything's coming in. They're just like, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> I, I got the last two questions for you. Um, yeah. I want to know, let's say I've got a magic wand. I don't have one. You can't buy it off me. But if I did, uh, you had one yeah. wish, what would it be? It's change anything in this world. Oh. You don't get two either. Like every other woman that's come on here is like, oh, can I have two? I'm like, just, just one. <laughs> Um, for people to realize that suffering is only a choice and they get to return to love in every moment bang look at that go okay and then the next question that i want to know hot tips what's krista's hot tip out there today what's coming up for you what's sitting with you if you had any hot tips or advice to give to someone today what would they be Stop thinking about it and fucking do it. 
Because, oh. you know, I, I use this as an analogy when I do sales training and, you know, uh, the objection comes up of like thinking about it. And I'm like, let me tell you about this new program that I've created. It's called Thinking About It. And for the first month, we create your goal, we map out the vision, we figure out the action steps, and then you just keep thinking about it. You don't actually do anything. And then two months, you know, we get even more clear on this vision, but you don't do anything. You just keep thinking about it. And then after a whole year of working with me, you are going to have the most amazing action plan. You're going to know the strategy. You're going to have the vision. You're going to know it's attainable, but you're not actually going to make anything different because you've only thought about it. How does that sound? And this is literally how people live their life. They just think about shit for entirety. They know what they've got to do, but they don't do it. That sounds shit Um, to me. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, just do it. Stop thinking about it and just do it. And um, whew, another hot tip, just be all of you. Like you don't have to judge yourself anymore because other people's judgment is no longer going to affect you if you stop judging yourself. And in all of who you are, the darkness and the light, the ups and the downs, the, the beautifully smooth and the extra fucking crazy, you get to be all of it and you get to accept it. And then in turn, other people are going to love and accept it as well. Um, and I think, you know, similar to one, you know, just take the leap of faith, you know, just stand on that metaphorical cliff and instead of taking a few steps backwards, just jump into the uncertainty, into the unfamiliarity, just do the thing. And it's about progress over perfection. You'll always learn how to swim once you jump in there. I love that first one here you're talking. I, I have a thing in my car and my son buys it, it's pulled down. So whoever buys my car when I sell it is going to get, it just says, just fucking do it. <laughs> In yeah. in big Nico bands, so because yeah. I used to drive home and I'd be like, put my visor down to drive home in the sun, and I'd sit it there. I'd be like, shit, I got to do it now. It's just having those reminders, like just get it done. Like don't overthink it, don't over critique it. It doesn't. It's not going to be perfect. And I, I, I was listening to your IG podcast uh, story about this as well. Um, your IG TV talking about doing things and trying to make everything look perfect and how exhausting it is to try and make everything look like it's all nice and square and shiny and it's like just fucking do it you're gonna learn like the learnings are on the journey you got to start before you're ready jump in go for it pick them up on the way amen yeah Yeah. just take the first step and you'll you'll get better over time but if you never take the first step you don't have the opportunity to get better definitely okay lovely i'll leave it there um Thank you very much for your time today and your wisdom as well. I appreciate this conversation and appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, much love and respect to all the people out there as well that have been listening in. Uh, as always, be, be be good, be great, be humble, be kind. Thank you very much. I love it. Thanks for having me, brother. No worries. <laughs> Peace. I'm Mr. Hecker. And if you don't know, now you know that is our show for today. I appreciate your love, your support. Please have a beautiful, lovely day. If you could, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. That would be much appreciated. Until then, peace and love, and I'll see you on the next one.